0: In the world of entrepreneurship, there's been tremendous growth and interest in campus-linked accelerators. At the University of Toronto alone, there are a dozen accelerators across all three campuses. And within the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education, there's InnoVent is one of the newest accelerators on campus and it distinguishes itself by making learning the focus. But thinking about an education-based accelerator means asking some big questions, like what happens if you expand upon the traditional startup metrics such as seed funding or monthly recurring revenue to include alternate measures of success, like say community connections or learning outcomes. This podcast will shine a light on one of the most important upshots of growing a startup, the learning process. I'll speak with the founders, makers, movers, and shakers who make up InnoVed's community. Together, we'll explore what it means to innovate and how we can create the conditions for improving entrepreneurship education. My name is Christy Ivan, and welcome to the InnoVed Exchange, a podcast for edupreneurs. In today's episode, we'll explore what it means to innovate at InnoVed. I'm an educator and learning designer. I've worked in schools and professional organizations for over 20 years. I'm also not new to entrepreneurship. I've been a part of e-learning startup teams, consulting groups, as well as a recent venture called the Extraordinary Experience Lab. I've seen that in order to reach learners and craft experiences that really connect, we need to innovate. But we can't achieve this without also staying focused on our own learning and upskilling. This is all the more critical when it comes to a rapidly changing field like education. Way back in 1967, Marshall McLuhan predicted how the main work of the future will be education. He said, People will not so much earn a living as learn a living. Learn a living. It's a phrase that has meaning for anyone who's ever transitioned careers, passed a qualification, learned a new skill or technology. But it's also a phrase that has particular resonance for the InnoVed community. In the spirit of Learn a Living, first we'll hear from colleagues of InnoVed about why they set out to enable an acceleration space to support the learning and skilling of entrepreneurs. Later on, we'll reach two graduate students at OISE, that's the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education, about their ongoing research project into equity, diversity and inclusion within campus-linked accelerators. Elizabeth Rees-Johnstone is the Executive Director of Continuing and Professional Learning at OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, and Michelle peterson Badali is the Associate Dean of Research, International, and Innovation. Elizabeth and Michelle recognized that more was needed when it came to supporting entrepreneurs in education. I spoke with Elizabeth and Michelle to learn about why innovating in education is so unique and why it deserves a community of its own. So, Elizabeth, what would you say is different about innovating in education? Different about
1: innovating in education? Who? I can back that up a, a little bit. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, education systems are highly complex. Recognizing that when working in one component, it can have such ripple impacts in others. Not having some of that orientation and awareness to what that could mean um, could have something either quite significantly wonderful or quite significantly detrimental um, if we don't have our, I think, our eyes wide open uh, in terms of that. There's been also a really strong emphasis on education technologies. uh, And I think some of that orientation hasn't necessarily been very helpful because we've been very much focused on product um, and more of the hardware software, as we would say, as opposed to the pedagogy. Uh, And again, more of the teaching and and learning orientation. And we know from those who've traveled the distance and who have informed um, opportunities for improvement, they have genuinely been active participants and their origin stories have started within the systems that they're seeking to improve.
0: I really liked your comment about so many people tend to think of ed tech when they think of innovations. But as we've seen through this entire pandemic, you know, the changes that we've had around virtual learning and otherwise has required such vast um, innovations in teaching and learning practices and methodologies and pedagogies, but also understanding how do we staff and how do we provide and nurture um, the whole system. Michelle, you're the Associate Dean of Research International and Innovation at OISE. Which is a very unique title. So, as a researcher, would just love to hear what does innovation mean to you? Thanks,
2: Christy. I mean, I think of innovation in the really broadest sense of the word, which is really about expanding our understanding, creating new processes, new structures, um, new things that advance. The goals that we have for something. So you can see that it's a really, really broad definition. And one of the ways that happens, that's a key way, obviously, in a, in a, in a university context, is through research, right? Research um, produces and contributes to innovation. Uh, we also do things through research like examining and testing uh, things that have come from the field, for example, to see whether we've got evidence to support. Uh, those innovations. But really, it's about that very broad, in my view, notion of um, growing and developing new ways to uh, address social issues, um, and other sorts of issues, really broadly. And so that's where you know, the idea of social entrepreneurship comes in, for example, or social innovation um, as distinct from, and I think this is a place where InnoVed really comes in to play in an extremely important way. If you think about our university entrepreneurship ecosystem, that innovation or the relationship between research and innovation isn't really merely about commercialization, Right of research findings or pathways from ideas to commercialization or profit making as the kind of key goals. So I think that's another place where InnovEd's um, position, its its framework, its purpose is quite different from what you might see in other um, entrepreneurship initiatives at the university.
0: A few things have been mentioned so far, but I'd like to get at specifically what needs were you responding to in the entrepreneurship space and looking to provide within of it That's a great question. Um, why? Why did this start? Uh, very practically, um,
1: was hearing and having a few knocks at the virtual door, predominantly from... Uh, students, uh, currently, um, you know, are early scholars at OISE, navigating, thinking about some really big, bold ideas and concepts, uh, as well as uh, alumni as well, and who had had experiences of wanting to bring an idea to fruition, Uh, from their lived experience, their uh, own inquiry, the research that they were engaging in, where they felt that if they could hone this further, it could bring about uh, a significant improvement uh, in the education space in which they are working and learning. And their natural inclination to want to have conversations in different incubator environments often led to a response of, well, what's your technology what's your app um if we hear do you have an app for that was <laughs> a really common common refrain so there was a bit of a bubble of a uh, bit of frustration a little bit of do i even fit in here um why why what do i need to learn about technology i remember one colleague coming to me asking what is it that I need to figure out and learn about building apps? I'm like, why do you want to be building an app? And they were actually referring to uh, more of a consulting process that they were, had been thinking, thinking through. So that was one of the things that started to to percolate and wanting to understand how are we welcoming um, these individuals into these environments? And then of course, peeling back and thinking, well, hang on a second, how do we embrace the inquisitiveness and this inquiry isn't this what we're all about as a, a a graduate institute of research how do we find a, a space uh, a space to play so that was something really tangible and right in front of me in terms of a, an inquiry from professionals i think at large having been in the journey of um entrepreneurship in a whole host of ways i i've worked in small medium enterprises i've um, navigated and launched various things myself, um, and I've had the the benefit of coming from an education orientation and have reflected not so much on what the end results of some of those journeys had been, but more in terms of, wow, you know, there was a lot of really great skills um, and lessons that I've learned along the way that I've certainly transferred into the various chapters that any professional engages on on the lifetime of their their career.
0: And it sounds like you've been able to enable professional community which is another word around that where those conversations can happen and you can follow those journeys.
1: It's been interesting inviting members into a professional learning community that in itself is a reorientation because it's not a common experience that many professionals have in fact had um, which, wow, we'd love to be able to change that. Um, because when you do have some of those experiences and you do have these communities of learning, what a what a wonderful um, impact and contribution they can have to your your own journey, your well-being. Um, I'm hopeful that as more members experience some of those ideas or concepts or ways of, Um, orienting others, that they start to build those in their own enterprises. And so that's kind of the play within the play, as we talk about a lot in our context.
2: And Elizabeth, I would say that, you know, I think what sets Inovet apart, again, from so many other types of incubators or accelerators, entrepreneurship initiatives, as they're sometimes uh, called at the university, is this Starting with this really reflexive process of figuring this out as a kind of teaching and learning experience, really learning experience, right? Um, And centering that learning, whether it's in terms of how the program is set up, the quote unquote program of InnoVed, but also how those uh, professional learning communities are constituted and brought together and how they share. And as you said, Elizabeth, contribute to each other's learning, and then bring that self-reflective kind of process to what they're doing, whatever that ends up being. And I think that's one of the things really that makes InnoVet unique, and, and it's really important. And those skills, those experiences, and those processes, as you said, Elizabeth, they're going to apply and generalize and percolate out into the work that people do wherever it is they happen to do it.
0: Can you describe an example or tell a story where you felt Innoved made a particular difference in the journey of an education entrepreneur?
1: There's one that comes to to my mind, and I view it as a a, a proud moment. I think. <laughs> on the NFED landscape. And at the start of their journey as an entrepreneurship team, uh, they had certainly uh, participated and gone through different pitches and hackathons and they had acquired um, great funding uh, to advance on their initiative. Naturally, Life evolves, and they were wrestling with some of the decisions uh, amongst their team of three. Of the two that graduated, thinking, Can I continue with this initiative? I don't even know. I'm feeling that I've got these other opportunities. And so, as a team, they were challenged and around that. And so, they'd come to the conclusion to close uh, down um, this initiative. And they had sent me uh, a note, this email of apology. That their initiative had, in their words, um, was time to close and likely we're not going to be able to achieve and perhaps have even failed on what it is that we were planning to to go forth. And we're so sorry that uh, we're not able to to take this this further. And when I received the note, I thought, oh, my gosh, to actually be seated and reaching out to me. With tones of apology, because you feel that you haven't actually come to you know a a, I don't know a certain um, goal, Um, but it was this idea that a venture, the venture creation, was no longer a venture, so hence it must have been a failure. And so we rallied as a as a team and said, no 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 no, we're not going to let this one go absolutely not this is just simply an evolution in that journey of these colleagues who've been part of uh, this community and this is an opportunity to hear from one another and and learn and so we wanted to ensure that it was a moment of celebration that it was a, a recognition for oh my gosh like Having studied full time, um, navigated through all that is pandemic, launched an initiative, uh, learned so much uh, in that process. Let's tease out what those elements are and let's really have a celebration about about what this is. Um, And the feedback from that, from the community itself, was, uh, of course, we're going to celebrate this. This is awesome. Uh, And the feedback from those who've been part of the initiative, um, I think there was an element of recognition of, you know, perhaps a closure of one chapter, but very much a recognition that all that being learned and acquired was certainly going to be serving in the various endeavors that they're now embarking upon. And so I think, um it would have been easy to have perhaps said yep yeah, no okay next member <laughs> now venture creation didn't happen um but again that's that's not the the orientation so that's one of the moments where i know we responded differently um and i know we responded with care from a teaching learning orientation and wanting to recognize
0: uh, the moment of the accomplishment. It's interesting. The journey of an entrepreneur is uh, so is filled with ups and downs. There's successes, there's failures, and there's so much that you can actually learn from. So I just find it fascinating how Innovate is challenging notions of success in the process because entrepreneurs are so focused often on traditional measures of success. So maybe, Michelle, can you tell us what do you think about that? And uh, any thoughts on what Elizabeth shared?
2: Well, I totally agree, uh, and with what you said, Christy, too, about what are the indicators of success? What are we trying to achieve? And I, I was also reading an article that said, you know you're not called an entrepreneur until you've been successful by some external mark. You're called a failure or something. Once you've been successful, even if you fail after that, you know you can be called a serial entrepreneur. But it goes back to this notion of identity, what am I, what is this? And we're really trying to reframe that away from. And when we think about it in relation to to the fact that this is taking place in a university context, this is a university, this isn't a business, it's not the corporate world. And so our mission is about learning and development. It's not about how many commercial ventures have spouted, or that everybody's going to go out and be a business owner. And so I think it behooves us to remember that. And uh, that helps us to keep our focus, which really is on that learning experience and what our members are going to take away, you know, while they're at the university and, and beyond that.
0: What would you say is the most challenging aspect of working in the education entrepreneurship space presently?
2: I think one of the biggest challenges goes back to what we've talked about already, which is the way that entrepreneurship is understood broadly out there, uh, and certainly I, I would say within our own university context, again, in a somewhat more narrow, I'll call it traditional way around producing Ventures, uh, producing companies that whose goal is to do something good, but to make money. And I think it's changing that or even communicating to our colleagues in the university system that we see this in a different way and a broader way. And so I think that does relate to some of the experiences that our students and other colleagues have had with the university entrepreneurship ecosystem in terms of how what they're trying to do is understood or how they are greeted and met when they're making inquiries about what they want to do. And so I think that's something that we keep trying and we will keep trying to, to um, address and navigate and hopefully intrigue some of our colleagues into thinking about how we're thinking about this. And I think we can do that.
1: One of the challenging spaces right now is how um, this is measured. When you're oriented on venture creation, uh, you tend to adopt perhaps more sales oriented approaches, which is um, about figuring out early, is this going to make it or break it? as a venture. And then I'm going to like, what's the, what's the purpose of the pitch or the hackathon is to pitch it. You've got your 90 seconds, and then I'm going to be able to pare down that funnel to find the golden ticket. But in paring down that funnel, you're fundamentally applying very exclusionary practices and that can become so narrow that, we actually could be quite detrimental, um, to, uh, even on the venture creation side, I would even argue, but certainly on, from a teaching and learning, this isn't about whittling down. This is about in a reverse way, opening the funnel for expansion, um, because we recognize the criticality and the importance of, of what that means. And so this, I think where this leads and some of the work that our graduate uh, students have very much been engaged in um, and certainly oriented and wanting to understand when we say things like equity, diversity, and inclusion, how does this orient and manifest in this type of environment? Um, and I think it's a great, a great question. Um, and where and how is it embedded in our um, our thinking, our approach, our behavior, um, and I think part of that goes back to how are we defining this? Um, how are we orienting? What are fundamentally the frameworks through which we pull upon in order to to build these environments? And I think those were some of the distinctions and challenges and and tensions that we're we're we're
0: navigating through. Thanks for sharing that, Elizabeth. And I love. hearing from both of you just in that change of mindset around an entrepreneur as to what are we setting out to learn here not just what are we setting out to succeed or to produce or to create or whatever but what do we want to know what do we want to learn and i know that um, being a part of oise just the research that research mindset is so important so thanks michelle and thanks elizabeth for joining me today it's been fascinating talking to the two of you i wish you much success thank you thank you this has been fun Really, it was actually really great talking to both of you. Thanks so much for your conversation. (laughs) That was Elizabeth Rees-Johnstone and Michelle Peterson-Badali, Education Administrators of InnoVet. Innovation isn't only a product you can buy. It can also be an improved service, a process or a pedagogical approach. It can be a change in thinking or even a new conversation. I spoke with Perry Termine and Grace Zhu from InnoVed, whose inquiry into equity, diversity and inclusion can be seen as an innovation in its own right. I wanted to learn more about how their research might inform entrepreneurship education more broadly.
3: My name is Perry Termine and
4: I am a program associate at InnoVed, Hello, everyone. My name is Grace Zhu. I have worked at InnoVed CPO as a program associate.
0: In addition to working at InnoVed, Perry and Grace are working on a research project about what EDI means for entrepreneurship education. Pretty excited to be here with you today because I find that um, the topic itself that we're going to be exploring equity, diversity, and inclusion is so important. And I can see the impact as my time as an educator on classroom environments and the need to create more inclusive spaces. So I'm very excited to see how you've been exploring this in the entrepreneurship experience. Perry, I'm just going to ask you first, very briefly, what was the primary question that you were trying to answer together in your joint project?
3: Well, there are two things that we know so equity diversity and inclusion EDI is the acronym it's something that has gained really significant attention by institutions across varying fields um, we also know that our incubator system at the University of Toronto is very young and so Grace and I were curious um, you know what is the meaning of equity diversity and inclusion in entrepreneurship education and more specifically how might we unravel EDI in entrepreneurship education practices, and in uh, personal entrepreneur journeys.
0: Great. Can you talk just quickly about the methods that you had, Perry? Because your approach was very different from Grace's.
3: Yes, so my personal side of this exploration was looking at the question of how is the commitment to EDI, equity, diversity, and inclusion, interpreted and inherent in incubator design? And what do EDI practices look like for
0: education leaders? I see. So you were doing more of a research project in terms of interviewing a number of subjects across different campus accelerators, is that correct? Yes. And now Grace, yours was a little bit different because you undertook a very personal experience in navigating the university's entrepreneurship ecosystem. Could
4: you tell us a bit about your experience? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Thank you. Um, A lot of my experience is really focused on problem and solution. So there's always, um, in the beginning, we went through a competition. So when you're trying to pitch your idea, trying to um, understand sharing your idea to the audience, make sure your idea can be commercialized. Our experience of the ecosystem is really focused on Um, competing and uh, trying to succeed in the program and trying to navigating through uh, different competition mode and trying to become a part of going through the competition process instead of building the relationship with a mentor, balancing responsibility and facilitating support, and which is, I believe, Uh, through my finding and through what we're trying to achieve is the interaction process. is really instead of the individual and holistic approach. I see. sounds like you had some
0: pretty incredible findings and observations. But this all came to you from your personal experience as an entrepreneur. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, I started... um, my idea as Treebox, so which is a project working with children with disabilities, and um, really understanding how they feel, how they interact with one another, and through this platform and through the experience of going through the venture process, I notice how our experience is really grounded, and the space we navigate is really based on certain sort of norms even certain cultural, and social, and political background. And some of the venture process is really focused on competition, measurement, and success, which all of them are a really important factor to identify achievement and also part of commercialization. However, they are not the sole factor. I think this is the reason our research, Perry and I, and also Innovate is trying to bring the experience of a learner's journey to a multiple different learners.
0: Thanks, Grace. Perry, maybe I could uh, come back to you and talk a little bit about your findings. Cause we talked about the question you were trying to answer and can you share with us what your findings were from your overall research?
3: Absolutely. So there were about three major themes that seemed to come out of our our observations and our conversations. One of them being that folks in in incubators were observing a sense of decentralization across space. And by that, I mean, there's sort of a, a component to our incubators that meant that they were working in some ways in isolation or in silos. Um, similar to what Grace was just mentioning, sometimes this can drive competition. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, But another thing to keep in mind is that sometimes it means that working in silos um, can separate us from one another rather than encouraging opportunities for entrepreneurs or incubators to collaborate and create greater value than what we are doing individually. And, And I think that this is something that can be acknowledged um, across the system or between incubators in, in a way that promotes different notions of success and we can actually collaborate across those channels and build bridges. And besides that, uh, another piece that came up again um, was that representation, this idea of representation is really something that's at the heart of EDI or equity, diversity and inclusion. Um, I do recall one informant in particular expressed that equity and inclusion are a shared responsibility and in um in a similar conversation but in a completely different interview, another informant, in almost exact conversational response to this, had said, yes, but when everyone is responsible, then no one is. Um, and I think the the reality is that both of those points are completely valid and very necessary, um, meaning that individually we are responsible, but there are also strategies to establish this kind of accountability or responsibility for representing folks according to their sort of self-determined um, desires of how they want to be represented as part of an incubator. Um, one question that tends to come up is how do you practice EDI? How do you do it? And the question in response to that, that really gets at the heart uh, of, of of EDI in itself from what we found is how do you know your people? And is our approach to knowing our people meaningful? And our people includes our members at incubators. It includes our leaders, our staff, Um, And also community members who are engaging with incubators. And so there are many ways that, of course, this can be measured. Um, Metrics are important, yes. There is value in quantitative indicators of visibility. But mutual connection through story, like Grace really found in her research, are also really important. Um, And people, how we know our people, how we connect with them in relationship and in storytelling as well,
0: can be a part of building that sense of representation together. So there's some significant implications more broadly for how people view entrepreneurship, how they support others in terms of entrepreneurship, just around the ideas of inclusion and belonging, but also how people are represented. Um, within these different environments and how that affects inclusion. Um, one of the things that stood out in a lot of the research or the points that were not shared before were around people having siloed feelings or being excluded or not feeling represented or otherwise. And I'm just wondering that your story, Grace, has such an opportunity to connect with people because it was a personal experience as an entrepreneur. I'm wondering if you might be able to share a next story or an experience about that not feeling included or not feeling belonging that led to your wanting to explore this further for others?
4: I don't think um, from my experience, it's not um, fully about not included, but it's more about um, I feel doing my experience of through the competition, I feel my learning wasn't what I expected to be. Um, a lot of pitches is really trying to grapple to see, for example, if you have the presentation skill to compete and present your pitches in certain minutes, like five minutes or three minutes, uh, if you can like um, communicate your idea to the audience, who's your audience, what's your financial model. But it's not so much about, I thought about my experience of really listening to their stories and listening to how they navigate I think that's a key factor for a lot of audience and also a lot of entrepreneurs. In order to be included or in order to be feeling belonging within a community, you really have to understand each other and understand like where they come from, what story they have experienced, and how do they feel in order to perceive instead of more like a quick um, solution process.
3: If I could briefly chime in there, um, I also... Grace really did a wonderful job of digging into this very personal experience of hers as part of our exploration. And I do remember um, during my undergrad experience, I also um, participated in a pitch. Um, I, I had taken social entrepreneurship as part of. Uh, my undergraduate career. And so as part of those studies, we we had to generate a, a social venture or enterprise of some sort. Mine focused on more conflict resolution education um, for young adults. But I do specifically remember in that pitching process, I was so set on being really clear about what the problem was and what was the need that I was really trying to address. But a lot of the questions often from, from judges will be, well, what's your revenue? stream? How are you going to be sustainable? How is this going to be profitable? And those are really important questions that sometimes from a social science or arts perspective, um, we do see the value in them. But often we come from a more critical perspective. And sometimes it's worth opening that up to see how we might actually cross over with other incubators, for example, from the business department or faculty of business, and how those folks can also cross over with us in Um, from social science or arts perspectives to see where there are actually gaps in our learning, or should I say opportunities in our learning, really. Um, And being able to do that and see some of those different perspectives actually um, really uh, supported the, the pitch process um, in, in a different way. And it supported my learning in a different way, I would say. But, of course, um, a long way to go still, very much so.
4: But I feel like at innovat even our research is bringing a new way to look at it. It's more about a learner's journey. So how do they feel doing the process? How do they interact with each other? How, what type of support and curiosity we can bring into the project?
0: And I think that's getting at what's the value that InnoVed brings in terms of this process that helps support the elements you're looking for.
3: To echo what Grace mentioned about InnoVed, I think uh, an important approach, um, an opportunity, is this idea that we can encourage student crossover between incubators, but also encourage uh, entrepreneur collaborations between each other in the same incubator. Um, that's something that we really wanted to to try and get at in some of the system design, um, but it's something that perhaps we'd like to see more in the broader in the broader ecosystem, um, and it's it's another way of promoting multi and interdisciplinary learning. Um, But also a way of promoting um, sort of professional, personal and entrepreneurial development. And so really the the key takeaway was that there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of opportunity here. Um, And it's and it's just something that is worth digging into individually as incubators and across across all of our incubators in the network.
0: Thanks, Perry. That's excellent. So it sounds like that might be some advice in there. And maybe this is a good place to land on. I'd love to hear that from you, Perry. And then we'll turn to Grace. Do you have any advice? And I know you've listed some just there, but um, that you might leave for those who are listening in. And that might be entrepreneurs who are looking to innovate or get involved in innovate or other accelerators or those who are supporting entrepreneurs. Perhaps my
3: advice to to leaders, maybe more from that systems perspective, um, based on on our observations, is to really attend to your relationships. Um, of course, from from an EDI perspective, that looks like relationships with your staff and with your your entrepreneurs, with with your members. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, of course, that despite many nuances, the incubator and the system are very much like the entrepreneur or the initiative because you're, it's a constantly evolving process um, and learning process that incubators are going through, too. There's a bit of a micro macro connection there. Um, and so it's, it's, it's important to embrace that. And one way that we can embrace that and promote that is actually um, encouraging learners um, and entrepreneurs to collaborate with one another um, in spaces even beyond the incubator uh, but also see where there can be disciplinary crossover with other incubators. How do we encourage actually that movement um, around the network amongst amongst learners, amongst entrepreneurs um, so that we're, we're really allowing them to explore their own measures and definitions of success. Um, And I think that's at the heart of of what we we want to do um, at InnoVed, but also uh, at the University of Toronto.
0: And Grace, any advice you'd like to leave, either for entrepreneurs
4: or those supporting? I think my piece of advice is that it is okay to never feel satisfied with your solution because you're constantly learning and you're falling in love with the problem. We always tend to focus what is right or what is wrong, what is included, what is not included. But instead, um, there's also that in-between space that we haven't really talked about. We haven't really examined about how we before we act or before we approach to represent ourselves or even represent a telling story for others, we need that space of meditation. We need that space of reflection to really to think through what is being presented right there.
3: On that note, Grace, I think something that comes out of that is this... um this need to maybe slow down sometimes in order to embrace that space. I There was one informant um, from interviews who talked about the tendency to, quote, move fast, break things, destroy things, plow through Um and so to Grace's point about just embracing some of that process in that in-between space, um, we might think about how do we slow down and think about, you know, disrupting the, the sorts of dynamics of, of whether it's inequity or exclusion, um, rather than disrupting the communities and how the communities operate. Um, and really looking at our innovators, our staff, our community members as full people, um, as whole people, and, and um, that might be one, one step in slowing down um, that can help us define EDI within individual incubators and across the network.
0: That's a great way to phrase it, and to both of you, just agree with the slowing down. Sometimes we talk about accelerators, and that seems to be so built into the notions that happen around that, but where do we sit in and pause and take a moment on that discovery? And I liked your language, Grace, when you mentioned um, falling in love with a problem. And sitting in it and making sure you're finding the right solution and the people that you've involved, you've brought the right thinkers to the table and diversity points in order to solve that problem appropriately as opposed to rushing to solution. Thank you. And I know we don't have time to get into this. We'd love to have another conversation at a different time that out of your work, you're also coming up with some frameworks, which will help to explore representation in a different way. And so I look forward to chatting with you both at a future time about that.
3: That would be wonderful.
0: Thank you, Christy. Thank you so much, Christy. Thanks so much, both. That's been, uh, it's been so enlightening talking to you both. Thank you very much, Christy. We appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. just heard from Grace Shu and Perry Termine about their ongoing graduate research project at OISE. Their work is still ongoing, but it's nonetheless informing InnoVed's approach to entrepreneurship learning. If this segment sparked your interest in how community spaces and entrepreneurship can be designed to support inclusion and belonging, you can reach us at InnoVed at utoronto.ca. At the heart of an entrepreneurship accelerator, powerful learning is happening. Both for the entrepreneurs in their journey to develop, build, test, pitch and launch their ventures, but also for those who are facilitating the accelerator program and supporting and investing in entrepreneurs. Today on the show, we heard from colleagues of Innovate, Elizabeth and Michelle, who are working to enable a learning community to support entrepreneurs to grow from their experience, even when not succeeding by traditional metrics. We also heard from Grace and Perry, graduate students who urge us to consider how the creation of space facilitates representation and belonging, which has implications for how we design accelerators and facilitate entrepreneurship education. As we heard from the research, we should strive to create the conditions for inspiration and ingenuity, but also inclusion. In our next episode of the InnovEd Exchange, you'll meet two remarkable entrepreneurs and hear how they're reimagining learning environments and teaching and learning practices. The InnovEd Exchange is produced by Cited Media in collaboration with InnovEd. For more community partnered and research communication podcasts, visit citedmedia.ca. Samantha Pursuto is InnovEd's lead coordinator on the podcast. Ellie Payne-Smith is the lead producer, and David Tobias is our production manager. I've been your host, Christy Ivan. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode.